Hey, what's going on, everyone? Thank you for joining the Lens of Hope podcast here with your host, Scott Prendergast. And today, as usual, I got a message for you that I want you to be able to take, apply to your life today so that you can see an improvement in the way that you're thinking, feeling, and gaining some of that happiness. And overall, helping you to see life through the lens of hope. Now, we're going to be talking about reflections today in this message, but it may not be exactly what you think. So without further ado, I'm going to get right into it so you can take this message, apply it, and you can really use it to help you today. All right, so without further ado, uh, let's do it. Okay, now when I think of a reflection, the first thing that usually comes to mind is looking in a mirror back at myself. And when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we usually start to focus our intention on all the areas that we perceive to be flawed or all the areas that don't match up with what we've seen on TV or have been told by somebody in a passing moment. Have you ever noticed that? How many times do you actually look in the mirror and say, wow, I'm happy with who I am. Wow, I like this about myself. It doesn't happen that often, does it? Maybe here and there, but a majority of the time is spent on picking ourselves apart from every single angle when we look at ourselves. I feel like it is so rare for us to look and just be happy and pleased with who we are. But why is this? Why is it? Why is it normal for us to be displeased with what we see instead of it being normal for us to love ourselves? What happened to make this the reality? Why is this the case? I feel like it should be the other way around. Well, there's really no definitive right answer to this question, but there's a lot of different theories. And I think that it has a lot to do with the expectation of perfection set for us by the ability to alter every single video, every picture, and every moment that we have in our life, rather than just accepting it as it comes. And isn't that true? Nowadays, whether you have to take a video, take a picture, do a podcast, doing music, whatever it is, you have the ability to edit it, which is great. But at the same time, It takes away the authenticity of things. It takes away the realness of things. Because now every moment can be made quote unquote better by changing the way we look, the way we act, whatever it might be. But is that really making it better? Or is that just making it so that other people will enjoy it rather than us enjoying it for what it is right now in this moment? And are we really making those edits for ourselves? Are we doing it because that's what somebody tells us to do? Because somebody told us what the standard quote unquote is. And I think that this whole idea has really taken away from the organic moment. The moment as it is, as it is in time in that exact time. The organic moment. And instead, it kind of creates this insatiable desire for us to constantly always improve something in every way. For fear that if we don't, that we're not going to measure up to somebody in some type of way. And it's great to want to improve in life. Obviously, we need that to get anywhere. But do we always have to improve it when we're just taking a selfie? With our friends? Do we always have to improve it if we're taking a picture of the Empire State Building? Do we always have to improve it if we're just taking a picture of the sunset? That's not good enough the way it is. We got to improve it even more. I think that's a slippery slope to go down, especially as we get into more personal events in our lives, feeling that we have to improve that too. And I think that we feel that we're never enough in our lives because that's what we're telling ourselves. And we're telling ourselves that because we continue to partake in this just eradication of the organic moment. And if it's not altered, then it's not good. If it's not altered, then it's not real. That's kind of like this new motto that I feel like we're all taking up sometimes. And it doesn't even make sense, but we're still going by it. But here's the thing. In a world of inorganicness and smoke and mirrors perfection, believe it or not, we can still find a way to be happy with who we are. 
And it begins by taking a look at what we're reflecting on the outside and addressing that reflection from within. Because I'm a true believer, and I've said this before in a lot of the places that I speak, that what we reflect on the outside is really just showing how we feel about ourselves on the inside. I mean, we've all heard that thing about bullies and people who are mean to others are usually the ones who are struggling the most in the inside, right? And it's really true. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, those who are secure with themselves are usually going to reflect security and happiness. So why wouldn't more of us want to be secure with ourselves? Well, easier said than done, especially in a society that tells you that you're never enough the way that you are. So the reason that anybody really does anything, whether good or bad, or questionable, or downright dastardly, it all begins from their thoughts and how they feel about themselves. It's kind of simple. As I said before, if you feel secure with who you are as a person, chances are you'll reflect kindness out to others and vice versa. But on that other end of the spectrum, if you are insecure and unhappy with yourself, you're going to reflect that anger and discontentment. Or you'll reflect somebody who just is purely defeated in life, neither of which is good and neither of which is really anything that you want to do. But here's the thing. We can change how we feel about ourselves on the inside. Hold on. I'll say that again for a minute here. We can change how we feel about ourselves on the inside. Now, I'm sure at this moment, someone's saying, what are you talking about, Scott? You can't change how you feel. How you feel is how you feel. It's just how you feel. Well, yes, but also no. Because how we feel is a direct correlation between what we're thinking about ourselves. And if we can work on changing our thoughts and what thoughts we're allowing to grow roots in our minds, then we can change how we feel. And many times we just think, oh, you know, I'm too much of this or, or I'm too little of that. I'll never be enough. This is just me. Oh, well, well, you know what? That's garbage. You stop that. Stop thinking that you're nothing. Stop thinking that you're average. Stop thinking that you're a nobody because it's not true. Okay. And I'm telling you that. And so it's time for you to believe it because you are something. So I'm here to tell you that you can and you will start to like the person who you are. But it just begins with a few things. And like anything else in work, oh yeah, you know, it takes a little bit of work. Excuse me, anything else in life, it takes a little bit of work. Sorry about that. See, I'm not editing this though, because I want it to be organic. (laughs) Now, I'll kind of real quick give you three little things that I think if we work on this, we're going to be able to start the process of enjoying who we are and learning to love ourselves. It's not going to happen overnight, but this is the process to start it. Number one is identify what you're passionate about and what lights your fire in life on the inside. Because when you're passionate about something and when you love doing something and when you really are into something, oh my goodness, that's going to make you so much more happy. If you're going through your life doing something you hate, doing something that means nothing to you, You're not going to put everything into it. You're not going to care. You're just going to be like, ah, what's the point, right? So find out what your passions are in life. And it's different for everybody. I don't know what it is for you. I know what it is for me. But find those passions and kind of dive into them a little bit deeper. Find ways that you can make these passions come into your life more, whether it be finding an internship or a job or even just joining a community event that will allow you to put these passions on display. Find what those are. So that's number one. Number two is acknowledge the fact that you have unique gifts and unique abilities that are in you already. And I cannot tell you how many times I talk to people and they tell me, Scott, there's just nothing unique about me. There's just nothing that I'm good at. I don't have a talent. And I said, shut up, man. Shut up. Because you do. You do have unique gifts. You do have talents that lie within you right now. 
You know, don't listen to society that tells you you're not good enough because you weren't this, because you weren't that. That's not true. You are unique. You are a child of God who has things inside of you that nobody else has. And sometimes you just got to search a little bit for those things. And this is where number one and two combine because many times what you're passionate about is directly tied into some of those unique gifts that you have. So when you find out what you're passionate about, search a little bit more and start to see what those gifts are on the inside. And it takes some time, but that's okay. But just know that you have those gifts and start to identify them and let them shine because they're in you for a reason. So the third thing, and this is one of the most important as well, says as followed. Society's opinion of you doesn't determine who you are. That is solely up to you. And isn't this so true? Because so many times we'll write ourselves off and we'll say, well, society tells me that because I look like this or because I'm this or because I've done this, that I am therefore this. And they slap a nice label on you. Well, guess what? You don't have to wear that label. Rip that puppy off. Throw that label off of you. Because that's not who you are. You get to decide who you are. Not society. Not some mean person. Not somebody from your past. No, you do. And it's important for you to know that. So these three things, number one, identifying what your passions are, two, acknowledging that you have gifts and abilities inside of you, and three, realizing that society's opinion of you doesn't determine who you are. These three things are really going to work as a foundation. And that combined with the grace of the good Lord, you can begin to appreciate the authenticity of who you are and reflect that out to the world. And start focusing on these things. And you know what? Stop picking yourself apart all the time. Because I always put it like this, our life is kind of like a brick house. You know, every brick has a story to tell, right? And we all love to reflect and talk about those good bricks and the good things that have happened to us. And that's great. That's awesome. We should. But just remember, those not so good bricks that represent those not so good experiences that we're not proud of, that we don't love, they have a story too. And it's okay to have some of them. But at the same time, we don't have to pick ourselves apart just because you've got a couple experiences or things about yourself that you don't like. That's all right. We all do. Every single one of us. But our life is a combination of both those things, both good and both not so good. And all those experiences make us who we are today. And that's a beautiful thing. And I hope that's something that everybody here remembers. So I want to thank you all so much for tuning into my message today. I hope you could relate to it. I hope it could inspire you. And I hope you could take it and apply it to your life in this moment. So thank you all so much. Have a wonderful day. Check out my stuff on all the social media avenues. And I'll see you all later. Have a good one.